Yo, 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 good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you at across the globe, tuned into your boy, because I do got fans in Germany and Singapore, places like that. I'll be checking, I'll be checking. Shout out to y'all that's outside of the United States that's uh tapped in, man. Y'all know what it is, man. It's another Camper Chronicle Productions, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Bringing the Wood podcast, and I'm your host, D Mother Loving Wood. And man, oh man. I, I ain't got no time to waste. This is a jam-packed episode. I'm flying solo, but, but it's jam-packed. And I ain't talking about light work. It's jam-packed. NBA and NFL today. NBA is about a weekend. We about four to five games in for some teams. Um, But before I even get into that, we know what the big news is. We've been kind of waiting on it. We've been kind of speculating on if it will happen or not. And it happened. Philly moves on from James Harden. And what I feel like was a, uh, I mean, upon further review, after looking at the whole trade, I got it right here. I guess Philly, I guess it's just because they traded James Harden and they didn't get Terrence Mann. I thought they should have got Terrence Mann in the deal. They didn't get Terrence Mann, so that kind of is what stung me. But Philly sends the gruntled hooper, guard, point guard, shooting guard, the disgruntled guard to the Clippers where he wanted to go. Um, and the Sixers are sending P.J. Tucker, James Harden, and Flip Pastor V to the Clippers. In return, they get Marcus Morris, Robert Covington back, <laughs> Nicholas Batum, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, uh, 2029 pick swap. Um, the Sixers also had to cut uh Danny Green to open a roster spot to complete the trade. Uh the Clippers are also trading a 2027 first round pick swap to the Oklahoma City Thunder for a protected 2026 first round pick which will also be sent to Philadelphia in the deal. It's also reported that the Sixers uh that the Sixers will receive second round picks in 2024 and 2029. So Again, to a certain extent, they got a haul. They got a nice haul for him. I will say that. But it's just like, man, is, does this make Philly a contender? Does, does you know, Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington and Twin, do those guys make Philly a, a title contender? Are they better? Obviously, this is the Terrence Maxey show now. Not like that. But he gets his chance to prove and show if he can be uh, a number two to Embiid's number one. So... It's definitely something we're going to watch for. Definitely keep an eye out for and see. Uh, I'm not really sure. I definitely think the real thing to watch out for is how Embiid feels about this. Does he feel like this was a good trade after, after you know, 20, 30 games of this? Is he going to want out? Um, it's definitely possible. I think it's something we're going to have to wait and see. Again, winning cures all. So, again, if they're winning... You know, then that'll be that. But right now, this team is like maybe the, you know, fourth, fifth best team in the East, I would say, with this lineup currently constructed. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know how far they would get with these guys. Again, we'll see how uh, Maxi takes a step to the next level, how Tobias Harris steps his game up more. Um, and we'll see what these guys are able to produce. But as far as the Clippers, they won all day. And if y'all watched the game last night between the Lakers and the Clippers, when Paul George 
and Norman Powell foul out. Just imagine both of those dudes fouling out and you still got James Harden and Kawhi and Westbrook, who also both had very good games last night. And I'll talk a little bit about that game just because of the trade and what it could mean for this team and the expectations um, for the Clippers because I believe that the expectation is now, just my personal opinion, championship or bust. And I'm going to say James Harden brought that pressure on them. So, you know, yeah, they're definitely going to have to uh, have that happen. But, again, the Clippers might now be the – again, trading all those players, they still might be the deepest team uh, in the league. You know what I'm saying? As far as depth. And, again, I just named a bunch of reputable players that they did trade away. But, again, they're, that's how deep they were. That they still – those dudes they traded away hadn't even really been playing this year. That's how deep they are. So, uh, it's it's a great look for the Clippers. Um, it's signs of things to come for Philly. I feel like they're going to have to make another move or something. Unless, like I said, Terrence Mackey can turn himself into a borderline all-star this year. Um, but we'll see. We'll definitely see. But uh, James Harden had already came out and said he don't plan on ever speaking to Maury. He said, I ain't spoke to him in months, and I probably will never speak to him again. Obviously, when he old and gray, they'll probably have their their their, you know, reconcile but right now he hot because you know you lied to him and again i'm a james harden fan so outside of the crying and jumping team to team and i'm not upset that he's jumping team to team it's how he goes about it like you know go to where you're gonna be happy at but you picked all these places and then you literally hopping off after one season that was kind of um you know weird but, uh, again, still like him as a fan. I still think Daryl Morey lied to him. You know, you told him one thing and did the other. So, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to live with those consequences. And we're going to see um, how, he, how he lives throughout the rest of this season with those consequences. There also won't be any penalty for the Sixers. Uh, the NBA conducted an investigation on the new player policy, a new player participation policy, which is a policy of, you know, uh, the fact that James Harden was, and I put air quotations up, injured for Philly, if he would have came straight over there and started practicing and playing, he would they would have gotten in trouble for that. So, um, again, that's why he didn't play last night, and P.J. Tucker did. And P.J. Tucker played all right, very, very well. Went to him late. Uh, when Zubac got in foul trouble, they ended up going to P.J. Tucker. So uh, I thought it was a pretty good look. But he was able to play because he's been healthy all year for uh, the Sixers before the trade. And Harden also declined the trade bonus. James Harden agreed to avoid his $5.1 million bonus to make the deal work. Yeah, because you got a lot of guys getting money over there. Sometimes you got to sacrifice for the greater good. Again, we will see what these dudes can do. Um, it's going to be a tough one. And then uh, also, uh, the Clippers flipped that. Uh, uh, f- funny, I said flip. Flipped as in traded, but his name is Flip. <laughs> Flip Presser V, Petrovis, and Cash sending it to Sacramento Kings because they had to free up space to bring in Harden and PJ Tucker as well. Um, so, again, it's just some more moves that have been made. But I do want to talk a little bit about the overtime game with the Clippers and the Lakers last night, which is looking like a battle to come. The Lakers had lost 11 straight games to the Clippers. 11 straight. That's home in a row. 11 straight. Um, And they needed this one. And they needed all of it and overtime. And every player who went off, they needed it. All the moments. 
But if you didn't watch this game last night, you missed a very, very good game and some potential battles to come down as the season. Lakers end up winning in their overtime, 130 to 125. But, man, the Clippers came to play. And, again, this is with no James Harden. You got Russell Westbrook played 44 minutes, 24 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Kawhi had 38, 6, and 5. Paul George had 35 and 6. You also had Norman Powell off the bench with 12. Again, no, no James Harden. And um, I do want to say Kawhi Leonard looked good, played 41 minutes, played all the overtime minutes, looked good, didn't really look tired, and had a good laugh with Brian and AD after the game. Um, if Kawhi, the key to this team is going to be Kawhi Leonard's health. James Harden coming is whatever, but respectively, James Harden don't show up in crunch time. Uh, Westbrook is Westbrook. You know, he's going to have some highs, some lows, but he's going to always give every effort energy and he's going to play a thousand miles per hour and he'll never shortchange the team. You got Paul George, who's an up and down player as well. He has some good playoff moments and some bad ones, but he's going to be rather solid. The key to this team winning the championship is definitely Kawhi Leonard and his health. With the rules being what it being, he just played in the back to back. So that was a good start. To, that was a good start of the season you know what i'm saying played in his first back-to-back and i don't know how long and again went and played 41 minutes in it and played well so i do like that so that was a, that was definitely a start and um again Kawhi leonard's health this team could be a top a top team in the league you know what i'm saying top five top 10 team in the league with Kawhi leonard healthy and all these guys buying in because i think the westbrook harden dynamic that's the one i kind of want to see the most i want to see how that works out um does Westbrook go back to the bench now that they're going to have uh, James Harden? Do they start off four and they just push Kawhi down to the four? I mean, do they start off three and push uh, Kawhi down to the four or Paul George down to the four? Uh, so many of the things they could do. We will see. Again, P.J. Tucker was big help. He didn't have any points. But again, tremendous defense effort. He played great defense on Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't under I mean, A.D. had a great game, but still, P.J. Tucker... When he came in and they went small ball, and PJ Tucker went to center, it spaced the floor, and it was it was uh, it gave Kawhi and Paul George some room to operate. Russ Russ as well room to operate in the middle of the floor uh, without it being packed and AD standing there. And then when they took PJ Tucker out and went to Zubox, that was when you noticed. Okay, now AD can stay in the paint, pack the paint, and he helped alter shots against NBA players, so they still made some great shots. But a great game, nevertheless. Uh, Anthony Davis, 27 and 10. The ageless one, Bron, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. D'Angelo Russell played a big game, 27.6 assists as well. Christian Wood had a double-double off the bench. And Austin Reeves had 15 points, but he had about 7 to 10 of it in the fourth and in overtime. Austin Reeves is the X factor for these guys. They're going to need him to get consistent. You know, I think he's playing a little pressed. He got paid. Now you feel like you got to. You got to live up to the money. It's like relax and play your game. You're going to get a lot of one-on-one looks. Uh, they get in. Bron started to give it to him later on in the game as he started to get it together. Bron uh, gave him a couple of them. Um, even in the fourth quarter and in overtime, Brown let him run. He got the and one in overtime. So I definitely think Austin Reeves is their X factor. Obviously, AD and Bron health is everything. But as far as if those guys are going to be healthy and playing solid basketball, you're definitely going to need. Uh, Austin Reeves to show up because I don't expect 27 from D'Angelo Russell every night. He's going to be closer to 16 to 20. And if Reeves can be in that same area with him with a little bit of the playmaking, bringing in seven assists as well with 15 points, 
15.7 rebounds, 7 assists. This can make for a good look. Cam Reddish played well um, in this starting role. Really good defender. Not so much offensively, but great defender. Also had four assists. Uh, a lot of assists for them guys. I will say that. They got that ball passed around. Um, and again, they still don't have Jared Vanderbilt yet. So I definitely think these these this the Lakers team is is solid. They're not super deep, but they got a solid little depth. Um, they're still trying to figure out who's going to be the guys off the bench. And again, um, Austin Reeves and the health of their superstars um, can help them guys propel to a championship. Now to talk about my darn Nets, man. Uh, two games in a row, man. Started off the season 0-2. Lost our first two games. Um, we just bounced back with two wins back-to-back. Um, big win last night versus Miami, 109-105. And like I said last week, I need Michael Bridges to be more aggressive, and I also need Ben Simmons to be more aggressive. Again, Ben's contributing in the rebounding and the assists. He's playing defense. He's getting blocks. He's getting steals. But I need more than five shot attempts, man. I need you closer to 10 attempts. And again, it's really because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line. He was 0 for 2 from the, from the free throw line last night. Um, and I seen it. As soon as he got fouled, you can kind of see it on him, man. It's like he gets a little deflated. And it's like, man, just go shoot it with confidence. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not a hooper, so I can't say how easy or, or it ain't to just go out there and shoot free throws. But again, he shot 76% in Philly, 77%, 75% in Philly for his two seasons. Three, two seasons before the crazy playoff thing happened with Atlanta. So I don't fully understand why this is happening i'm still trying to figure it out but again two wins in a row stacking wins uh cam thomas didn't have a big game and that's my thing about cam thomas uh ninth 13 points on 19 shots to me he's like a uh, he's like a jr smith jamal crawford you know what i'm saying lou will like uh, it's like you want to start him but he's too inconsistent too but when you bring him off the bench it always looks very consistent so He's been starting lately because Cam Johnson is out with the injury. He'll be out another 10 to 15 days. So uh, he'll be playing more still. But I definitely think we might need to either go with Dinwiddie when he get back. Maybe try Lonnie Walker in the starting row. And Lonnie Walker played good off the bench, 17 points for us. Um, And Brooks as well came off the bench and brought in another 17. And they really will help the South and kept us in the game. Because, again, Bridges, 21 points on 16 shots. Um, Finney gave us a solid 15. But then other than that, Royce O'Neal, 6 points. Ben Simmons, 4, 11, and 5. Again, 109, 105. We played some good defense. But again, we're not going to be able to defend everybody and hold people to 100, 105 points. Like, you know, we're in a new NBA now. Again, but we have some uh, uh, really elite defenders. Royce O'Neal, Ben, Miles, Michael Bridges, Finney Smith. Lonnie Walker's a good defender as well. Obviously, Nick Claxton when he get back as well. Like, we have some above average defender so we will we are going to make it hard on teams we're able to switch on any and everything jimmy couldn't really get um pick and rolls like he wanted with the good switches because when we go small and we got ben at center we basically got a bunch of defenders and we'll switch on everything so uh it's kind of fun to watch but we didn't have to answer for tyler hero he ended up going for 30 points on us um a couple of big shots he made jimmy butler had 20 bam out of bio 21 to 14 i got him on my fantasy hoop bam's gonna always fill up the stat sheet with three assists um with two blocks like he's gonna always fill up the stat sheet as well but i think the heat's problem is they're gonna need to find some people outside of those three dudes hero butler 
and Abayo are the only people that scored in double figures. So I think that's going to be the Heat's Achilles heel. They're going to need some more depth. Obviously, they were trying to get Dame Lillard to help that out. Um, but they they got to they gonna have to find somebody else to be consistent. Kyle Lowry is definitely looking um, like he's going to start hitting that wall. Jaime's hot is the rook. One for nine, 0 for six from the field is a rookie. So you get a little pass. But again, man, you playing for the Heat, a team that just came from the Eastern Conference from the finals. My apologies. Um, and they're going to be expected to try to go back and defend that crown. So they're going to definitely need better play from the role players and the bench players on this team. But good win for Brooklyn. But I still need to see more out of Ben and Michael Bridges as well if we want to take that next step and consider ourselves a playoff team and not be a play-in team. Oh, and then the Warriors-Kings game last night. And before I get into that, uh, the Dubs did pick up Moses Moody's option. He'll make 5.8 mil for this season as well. So um, that's a good thing. Get your money. And he's been playing solid for them. So he's definitely uh, – and he, he has a much bigger role now um, with the Department of Jordan Poole, Eagle Dollar retiring. Now there's more room for you to get get your PT. So he's been playing well along with Kaminga and the other guys. So I do like what, what they did. Great pickup for him. Um, De'Aaron Fox is out high ankle sprain he'll be out for for a little bit they said at least you know a few games so I'm assuming at least maybe a week or two he'll miss before he start wrapping himself back up but again Kings and Warriors is looking like a rivalry that we've been missing they've already played twice this year Warriors won both games but god damn it the Sacramento Kings are a good fucking basketball team very very good I almost said football team but a very very good basketball team and um even without De'Aaron Fox, again, it took a game-winning shot by Klay Thompson, very, very great shot uh, by Klay Thompson to go ahead and put these guys away. So I think this Kings team is for real. I think they'll be a top three to four seed in the East, I mean, in the West again. Um, And I think this is going to be a fun year, man. I think there's, this is going to be a must-watch game. When these guys link up, Warriors-King is going to be must-watch. No matter who's at home, who's on the road, I think these teams are capable of winning on either team's home court. So uh, it's exciting to watch. Again, DeMontez is a bonus. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and he hit a couple middies. You can tell he's been working, and that's one of those guys you respect a player like him. He was a beast in Indiana. He's been a very, very good player for the Kings. And um, you see him trying to get better. I like that. He took some middies. He made them. And he's going to need to build that confidence early because they're going to give him that. If you start to make that, now them assists, you're going to start touching more triple doubles with assists because they're going to have to respect that midi, more floor, more room for you to put the floor on, ball on the floor, backdoor cuts when that center or power forward, whoever guarding, you have to walk out to respect your jumper. So it was something I seen in the game that he made a couple of those and he tried it. I liked it. Um, Kevin Huter has just been too inconsistent. He's got to play better. Malik Monk is, the Lakers miss Malik Monk and KCP. Those two dudes have been, uh, godsend to their teams and uh Malik Monk has been balling for these dudes over here KCP for the defending champ Nuggets has been playing well those guys the Lakers missed those guys for sure because they still haven't really found anybody to do what those guys do um again you're going to need more from Keegan Murray 0 for 7 from 3 4 for 15 from the field 10 points uh Harrison Barnes had a solid game but that's about what Harrison Barnes is 14 points one rebound one assist like you know maybe he can get 16 17 points but He's not going out and putting up 25, 39 points like he did earlier in the season. 
So again, obviously no De'Aaron Fox. So you're gonna need De'Aaron Fox back. Uh, Davion Mitchell played all right, 13 points on nine shots, was 50% from three-point line. So I do think he's he was all right in the moment. But again, man, you're going up against a Warrior team that's loaded. And uh, like Draymond said in the in the post conference, uh, in the post conference after the game, this team is having more fun. Uh, they're happy to be in the gym, happy practicing, happy playing, and you can see it on the play on the floor. And again, this is him saying, hey, we got rid of Jordan Poole. It was a dark cloud between me and him, and it made everybody awkward because nobody, everybody still wants to be cool with Poole, but everybody know how I feel. So it just made it awkward. They got him out of there, and as you can see, Jordan Poole over there throwing it off the glass down 50, um, shooting air ball, turn around, not air ball, but turn around threes like he curry bricking. Uh, it's a muck over there in D.C. Hey, but him and Kuzma paid. They had a light-skinned crew of D.C. And uh, they'll probably have the first pick in the draft when uh, <laughs> when uh, the end of this season come around, if they still got their first-round pick or not. But the game was excellent. It was a back-and-forth battle. Uh, Kings and Warriors, like I said, this is going to be one of the ones that we're going to get used to watching. Uh, Curry had 21 points on 15 shots. He was the, She shot bad from the three. But he still was a, a solid player. He still made a, a, a lot of things work. Draymond was back, 13 points, 9 assists. Need more rebounds out of Dre. You can't have two rebounds. Uh, but Big Looney out there with 9 rebounds and 6 assists to go along with his 6 points. CP3 with 8, eight, uh, eight assists off the bench as well. Um, shot ugly because he still got to get used to coming off the bench. That's still that's a new, new thing for him. I don't think he's ever came off the bench in his entire basketball life. I'm talking about since he was a uh, pup on the porch i don't think this man's ever rolled on the bench so it's definitely something different um he's got to get some time to adjust to it and if there's anybody that can adjust it's the point guy chris paul he's got some good guys on the bench to play with again moody kaminga dario sarich gp2 like great team great great role players that he can play with and again he'll still be in with clay and curry and wigs from time to time as well so um this team will, will be good sarich had 15 points kaminga had 12 points both off the bench this team is is good. They're deep. And um, I like what they have. And again, this team just has to stay consistent. Can Clay stay consistent? Again, he had a bad night, but he made a shot that mattered. Again, 14 points on 15 shots. Clay is going to be the X factor. If Clay can't be Clay, again, you hope it maybe CP3 steps his game up off the bench and becomes that extra points that Clay has been missing out on. So I do think. They have a chance to be a good team. They could be a, a, a very, very difficult team to put out in the West. As you can see, they're taking on the Kings very, very good. And uh, I think this will be a fun season for the Warriors as well. Uh, they got some talent. Again, though, uh, Clay Thompson has to be more consistent this year. And what, what can Chris Paul give them coming off the bench? But I do think he's going to help out those bench players to get easier buckets with him on the floor. Um, again, I do want to talk about a couple teams that I, that I didn't talk about that, uh, that play today. One team that plays today before the season even started, my homie, Jason, Jay Ledge, cause I got Jay Mackin and I got Jay Ledge. They always usually talk to me after the potties. Uh, they were the homies, but Jay Ledge, he said before the season that he believes the Orlando magic is going to be a, a, a um, uh, uh, a play-in team. That's what I meant to say. My apologies. But a play-in team. He said that they can be a play-in team. And again, I don't know if y'all watched them play. They two and two this year. They take on the Jazz today, who are two and three, six o'clock. Um, tune in. 
I definitely like what they got. Uh, uh, Cole Anthony off the bench is not bad at all. He's been balling off the bench. Obviously, Paolo Bancaro, uh, them Duke boys be going off. Wendell Carter, them Duke boys be going off. Um, they got some nice guys over there. They got some talent. I do think uh, he's going to be fun fun to watch. I'm definitely keep my eye on them. My team that I picked is the uh, the uh, Pacers. Obviously, they got slacked by the Boston Celtics by 50. But again, the Boston Celtics is arguably one of the best three teams in the NBA right now. Again, it's, it's real early. But hey, they're only one of two undefeated teams. Um, them and uh, uh, the Mavericks are the only two undefeated teams left. So again, they're definitely a top three team right now in the league. Uh, but I do think the Pacers are going to be a very, very good team. Halliburton, Ben Matherin, OB Toppin. Yeah, they got some boys. Mouse, Mouse Turner. They got some boys over there. I, I like what they got. I think once they get it together, get jail, continue to play together and get more reps, they'll be a very, very uh, effective team for sure, for sure. Um, but those are definitely the teams. And even Jay Mackin hit me and said something about the Magic uh, when they played against the Lakers the other night. He was like, they look good. And I was telling him, like, yeah, that's what the homie said. So definitely keep your eye out on the Orlando Magics, the Indiana Pacers. Um, those are two are, you feel me, the teams that I think are some teams that didn't make the playoffs that could be buzzing around to play in. Um, I like the Spurs as well. I think they look pretty good. They got, you know, they got Pop. Wimby is uh, solid right now. But um, Vasili, uh Songay with the blonde hair. Like, they got some good role players. And then Keldon Johnson still trying to grow into his own and be one of the better players on the team, like the leader of the team. So I definitely like what they got. And, again, you coach by the GOAT. So they, they definitely have a chance. Um, and then uh, you got Raptors Sixers today. Uh, you're going to have the first game post-James post Harden, drama-free. Um, they, in, they in Philly, too, as well. So you had a home crook, home cooking. So we'll get to see what all these guys do. I'm not sure if these guys are going to play or not. I mean, P.J. Tucker did it. I don't see why y'all can't. But uh, we'll see. That comes on at 4 p.m. On, e, uh, on NBA Today. And then we got Pistons, Pelicans as well. Pelicans have looked good, 3-1. That one loss came to the Warriors. Again, Warriors one of the better teams in the league. I think Pelicans all um, hinders on the health of Zion and Brandon Ingram. If, if Zion and Brandon Ingram are healthy, uh, this team can be good. This this is a this is a playoff team. This is a this is a playoff team definitely. Obviously, Memphis is hasn't won a game yet, but again, they're waiting on John Morant to get back from his suspension. So again, that that team's gonna be better rather quickly when Ja get back. But again, this gives you a chance to get a nice little gap on him and everything. But uh, I think the Pelicans are deep, uh, super depth, super defensive. Um, have have elite level defenders. At every position, one through five, whether they start or come off the bench, they have an elite level player defender at that position to help them out. Um, I think they're a good team. They're going to be a team to watch just because of what happened last season, um, how good they were. They were a top, what, four seed in the league, three seed, and then Zion got hurt. So I definitely think they're going to be a team to watch. Again, I already talked about Magics and Jazz. And then we got Spurs and Sun um, at seven on NBA TV as well. And again, Suns are another one of those teams that's going to be a chance to be a potential championship team. Obviously, Bradley Bill hasn't played yet. Devin Booker uh, got hurt in the second game, so they're definitely playing. Uh, you know, with a with a lesser team. Kevin Durant out there by himself, low key. So, um, but again, two and two right now. It's still early in the season. I definitely think they have a chance to be a, a, a very very good team in the league. Um, again, their problem is going to be. 
the depth, as you can see. They lost to the Spurs last night. I mean, uh, the night before last. On a last-second shot, stripped Kevin Durant and uh, Keldon Johnson, stripped him and put the layup in. But I think their depth is going to be their problem. Can they can they get quality minutes from quality players? Yeah, you can play the lineup stagnant and play Kevin Durant without him and play Book without him and Bill without him. But you're still going to need some people to, to help out because you can't expect each one of them dudes to go get 30 every night. They're going to get it a few nights, though. They're that good. But you can't depend on that. If you depend on that, it's going to be a rough season for y'all. But I definitely think it's something that they're going to have to look into. And, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely something they're going to have to look into. Um, but, again, the Spurs are uh, – not the Spurs, but the Suns, again, with that depth – they got a chance to be something special in the league. If the depth pans out and they get that help from some of those role players that they got, then maybe maybe they can make that run. But again, they're going to definitely need uh, some help because as you can see, injury is going to be a very, very serious thing over there. Again, Bradley Bill hasn't played this season yet, and Devin Booker only played in one, maybe two games already, and it's just the beginning of the season, and they still don't have a timeline for his return. So... That's what scares me about the Suns, man. And But we'll see as the season go on. A uh, few more things before I get up out of here. One basketball-related, one is non. So as far as non-basketball-related, shout-out to the Texans Rangers on securing their first World Series title uh, with a 5-0 with, with a, with game 5, with a 5-0 game 5 win uh, on the road. They were 40-41 and 41 on the road all year, under 500. They went 11-0 on the road in the playoffs to win it all. Um, shout out to them. And I don't know too much about baseball, but I do know that they general manager is the old San Francisco Giants general manager when they was winning. Uh, Bucci something, or his last name is Bucci. But um, I don't know about that because I lived in the Bay. I used to listen to the local radio station, and they always talked about the Giants, and they always talked about that owner. When I was watching them do his interview, I said, I know that man. That name looked familiar. So, shout-out to the Rangers. Shout-out to Abuchi. Uh, he's the first dude, think, to win three dot three titles with three different teams as a manager or, like, the third person. But uh, dope for them. Shout-out to them. Texas Rangers, big-time win. They're about to go up in Texas. I know that parade going to go crazy. Everything bigger in Texas, right? <laughs> but, yeah, shout-out to the Texas Rangers on winning they ship. Um, and then last, a little sad news, but, you know, it's uh it's news nevertheless. And uh basketball Hall of Fame coach Bob Knight dies at 83 in his home in Bloomington. Um assuming that's probably Indiana cuz he's an Indiana legend, three-time national champion, five-time final four appearances. Um basically was one of the innovators of the um you know, moving without the ball offense, the backdoor cuts, the pick and roll type stuff like you know, backdoor cuts playing without the ball. He was kind of one of the innovators for that. Uh, obviously one of the all-time leaders and wins. Uh, again, two stints at Indiana as a coach. Uh, man, you know, uh, very ravine. Some high moments and some low moments. But again, I'm not going to talk about what he did and didn't. You know what he did in his past life. But he was a great coach. Brought a school three, three nannies um, and a bunch of great players into the NBA. Uh, as you've seen a bunch of different players and coaches on different teams speaking out about the impact he had on their life. Um, Isaiah Thomas was one of those guys as well. Uh, Mike Shashevsky came out, old head coach at Duke, came out and as well and said something about it about him because he got coached by him as well. So 
Um, sad day in basketball. Lost a, a legend. But, again, um, you know, great man, 83 years old, lived a long life, and had a lot of great experiences. Um, blessings to his family, his wife, his kids, to anybody he left behind. Uh, y'all, we lost a great one in the world, but he will not be uh, unrecognized. So, shout out to Coach Bob Knight. You know, always known for the infamous, infamous chair throwing. Um, but, again, man, great coach and uh, blessings, though. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to switch over to the NFL. Y'all already know. Big trades, big firings, big everything. We'll be right back after this. It's the Bringing the Wood Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. Y'all know what it is. It's the Bringing the Wood Podcast. And guess who then pulled up on your boy? Perfect timing to talk some NFL. Needed an exclusive in here, though, an insider. And we got a Niner uh, returning guest. My friend, Mr. Coach Steele, my boy Jerome Steele, body by Steele, man. How we feeling, dog? Uh, I'm feeling lovely, feeling great. Optimistic is what I can say about my Niners, though. Optimistic. No, right, right, right. <laughs> definitely. Uh, we definitely will get in, get into that. Um, a few other things. Uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins out for the year uh, with the ACL. I mean, with the Achilles, you know, it's a tough loss. They was definitely making a little run, won three straight, um, big wins. Um, man, uh, it's going to be tough. And now you, know, you still got to wait another week or two for Justin Jefferson to get off of the IR. So uh, in a tough spot, but did make a trade. Got uh, Josh Dodds from the Cardinals for a late round pick because um, they feel like they still got a chance. So, that, you know, you want to you wanna give an opportunity to still give your team a chance to win and let them know y'all still trying with a division that's not wide open, but still in contention. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about the Vikings and trading for Josh Dobbs? Um, I think they're they're prepping for the future more so. I think they're gonna um, go ahead and move off of Kirk Cousins pretty soon after when his contract is up. Mm-hmm. But they, I think they got a solid backup for the for the interim time being um, with Justin Jefferson coming back. And I mean Joshua Dobbs definitely showed that he can be a quarterback in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So. With with the right team, I think he can be the starter, and I think Vikings is the perfect scenario. You have the weapons around you, uh, you have a pretty solid defense, and they're they're I would say they're in a win now situation. They're not in a rebuilding type of situation. They're in a win now, so they're one. I think they're a quarterback away. I don't know if Joshua Dobbs is the answer to that. However, I definitely feel like that is they're leaning towards getting off Kirk Cousins and giving him a try. Yeah, no, I definitely do think this is the end for Cousins. He is in the last year of his deal. So, like you said, yeah, this is, and you know, now with the injury and the age, you know, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he take a team-friendly deal to just chill in the back and get healthy and be a backup or something. Uh, but I definitely think, yeah, you give Joshua Dobbs a chance to show a little bit more talent around you, better situation, winning situation, see what he can do. If not, we lose out. Good draft pick spot, draft a quarterback, hit the ground running two seasons, and be right back at it. You know, definitely. Daniel Hunter's playing well. They didn't end up trading him, which was a surprise. He leads the leagues in sacks right now with eight. So, they st- like you said, they still got some some talent to go get after it right now, like you said. So, I definitely uh, uh understand uh, why you would say that. So, I think it's definitely a, still a chance. And, again, that's why they go ahead and make the move. Um, wasn't the only move made over the deadline. Wasn't a lot of trades, but it was a lot of impactful trades. You know, a few handful of impactful trades. We'll run through a few of them. The Lions traded for Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, for a late six-round pick in 2025. Uh, I thought that was a good ad for them. Um, 
they got a lot of receivers who do something specific. Like, you know, they got Reynolds. He's the, uh, the, from the Rams, he's the one who runs the little short routes. They got Khalif Raymond. He's the deep threat. Jamison Williams, deep threat. And then you got Amin Ra, who is the do-it-all guy and the, the playmaker. But they need them definitely a big body who can play inside, play outside, run all the routes, run after catch. I think this was a good pickup for them. Uh, I think Peoples Jones going to help them out as well. Didn't know why the Browns traded him. I guess Elijah Moore is, you know, going to get more reps. They did trade to get him. Um, and they really play with two wide receivers and two tight ends a lot. So, you want to get Elijah Moore on the field, and this is the way to do it to kind of move off of people's Jones. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. I, I think it's just loading up with more firepower for them because uh, defense pr- playing pretty solid. They're definitely showing up. Um, and then, I, I mean, Jared Goff, you give him a couple more weapons, I, I think he we're looking at another team that's contention for the Super Bowl. And that's been the talk for them all year long for how they've been playing this year. So, uh-huh. I I think that move definitely doesn't hurt them. I think it's a benefit. I don't know if it's it's moving the Richter scale, but yeah, it's definitely you're not missing to be when one of those receivers goes down or gets tired or something of that nature. You're you're still moving at the same pace. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I, I definitely like what the I definitely felt the Lions got got the good deal of that. Um, one of the head scratchers in a lot of people's eyes was the Bears trading for Montez Sweat. Man, um, sent the second round pick over. Uh, the Washington to get him uh, again, tremendous pass rusher, one of the highest pass rush win rates um in the league. Um, again, we knew Washington was gonna be cleaning house right now. They come in, come in the new kinda, and um those are two guys coming up on contracts who were definitely gonna want more than what they were trying to pay, especially with already paying both the D tackles in Payne and Allen already. So um, I definitely thought it was moved to be made. We'll talk about the Chase Young one in a minute, but Montez Sweat um. You know, go ahead. You, your floor is yours. Um, I definitely feel like that that was a more of a franchise move more than a team move at this particular time. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying that you guys are in a rebuild situation. You you can attend to your defensive needs right now. It's probably easier to get that going. Then your offense, I think it also uh, states what they're going to be doing with Justin Fields for another big contract uh, for a team that hasn't been producing mm-hmm. like that. So uh, I think they're willing to pay the defensive end, a pass rusher, uh, and they're basically stating that this upcoming draft, if if Justin Fields doesn't get it right, uh, and honestly, still for insurance purposes, they will probably pick up a, a quarterback in the sweepstakes, you know, for um you know, for Mr. Uh, uh, Williams and then the other, and then, I mean, your your guy from Washington, uh, too. He's, he's popping up as well, so as a stud as well. So I think that's more so what they're saying as a Bears organization. Yeah, you definitely got to keep all your options open when y'all aren't the people that drafted him. New GM, new head coach, mm-hmm. not tied to this guy. And you're at that point where it's either tie yourself to him and now we're going to grade y'all because y'all had faith in them or come new so we can grade y'all accordingly. Yeah. They're right there at that crossroad with Justin Fields. So I do think this will be a critical year. Um, the way they finished, the way they finished this year out or the way, not they, the way Justin Fields finished mm-hmm. the season, no matter the wins or the losses for the Bears. And uh, I do like this Montez Sweat one. 
Um, but like you said, it's it's not a right now move. It's a future move. They're saying we know next year we have 120 million in money to play with, so we'll be able to buy more players like we did. And again, I don't think they get Montez Sweat in the free agency. I don't no. think he comes to Chicago. No. But now we can give him top five rush money, even though he may not be that. But we need a player of this caliber to help our defense for what we're trying to do. So sometimes you got to, like you said, think ahead. And that's kind of what I think of the trade. And it's like, and right now in the sense, it's like, I don't think y'all should have traded y'all second round pick. That's going to be a high pick to get a player like this. But when it's like, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of money to play, but we're going to make up this with a, with a lot of free agents. It's just my way of thinking that they're going to probably go about it. Yeah. But that's why I agree with what you're saying. It's more of a franchise move, not a uh, right now move. Um, who else we got? Oh, and Leonard Williams. Ooh, that was a oh. good one. To the Seattle Seahawks, they traded a second round pick to the Giants, uh, and a six round pick. And uh, the Seahawks just got better in the interior, uh, a lot. They're already playing well. Uh, the front's already pretty good. Underrated front line for real. Like I really can't. I can name the players, but you know they ain't all that. But like this is somebody who is mm. still a. A top end defensive tackle in the league. He might not be top five, but he's a top ten defensive tackle in this league. Um, and he was when he was on the Jets, and, and before they traded him to the Giants, and he still was dominated over there with the Giants. And um, I think this was very, very good for Seattle, and they had to make a move knowing that they actually got a chance to potentially win this division and make it just a little easier on themselves for the playoffs um, to at least get at least a home game. Um, Because right now the division officially became wide open just with the situation y'all going through. Yep. And again, you'll speak on that very, very shortly. But I definitely think um, this was a big move. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I definitely like this. I think this was something that's going to definitely help out uh, uh, them tremendously in interior pass rush as well. Like you said, uh, I, as a football analyst, peers to the sport, <laughs> I love the move. Um, it's great for the organization. I like that you know you have an old SC coach, a uh, coach with the SC player uh, coming in. He's also a veteran, um, you know, veteran for that line because they are looking pretty young over there. They got a couple of vets spread out, but they're they're a pretty young team that's mm-hmm. and they're they're pretty playing solid. As you said, it's very open with just what the Niners is going through right now. Um, so I think they are fighting for that spot. They bring in the interior to stop the run. I mean, their biggest issue right now is the Niners to them. So mm-hmm. because of that, they're beefing up what in the areas that they know that we can beat them at. So I, I, I respect it. Yeah. To be the best, you gotta be the best. Um, and a sneaky good trade that, uh, I think is going to help them out a lot. Rasul Douglas from the Packers, the defensive back mm-hmm. corners. Nickelback got traded to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are already down to Davius White out for the season. And then uh, the first round pick from last year, Kyrie Elam, just went on IR to miss four games. So to be able to get a guy with Sewell Douglas who has 11 interceptions in the last two seasons, um, uh, playing well in a defense that definitely needs some secondary help. Uh, I think this was a sneaky good pickup. I like I like, I like this pickup with Sewell Douglas. This was a good one. Yeah, I, I'll second that too. Uh, solid, a very solid corner. Um, and I would say, you know, he'll definitely do his part, uh, and 
again with Lewis and White, I think this is just to so they are not missing a beat when it comes down to the secondary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think uh, I mean I don't know. Just call it out now since we're on the Bills. The notable the notable pickup of Leonard Fournette. I think they are just just trying to win now because they know for a fact they've been there for the last few seasons and it's time to take it home. So I think that's why they're they're addressing their issues at the now moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Get you a nice physical runner, playoff experience, been there. Very, very good pass blocker, underrated ability for certain running backs, and he's a very good pass protector out there, and uh, that'll help Josh Allen a lot. Um, so I do think that's a sneaky good pickup to help them out again. Like you said, a team with championship aspirations, all hands on deck. Can't waste the good years of the players y'all got. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, these guys ain't getting no younger. Um, so, yeah, you definitely want to go ahead and exploit it and get after it now. Um, and then there was y'all, man. Man, the the one that was uh, a surprise, but a good surprise, should we say. And uh, Chase Young, man, for a third-round pick, and it was – a free third round pick because mm-hmm. y'all are so well. I, I, I've said this on numerous of episodes. I was like, I don't understand how nobody gets these uh, uh, compensatory picks, bro. But them, we got Ron Carthon, so I'm hoping in the future, in the year or two, we can start getting this because the third round pick they used to chase Young, that they used to get Chase Young, is the third round pick they got for us signing Ron Carthon. You see how that works, man? We got to get that going in Tennessee. That's what I'm hoping happens. So I'm trusting in this man in the moves he making because that is crazy, man. They ain't lose no picks and got Chase Young. And uh, go ahead. You go ahead. The floor is yours oh, first, man. man. Uh, I think you it's a know. solid pickup that you can't go wrong with bringing in a, a a pass rusher like that, especially when his old former teammate, now teammate, uh, you know, Nick mm-hmm. Bosa is on the other side. I think it just brings the chemistry to that defense that we're missing. Um, you know, I think with the new a new DC, and I'll speak on a little bit more on that segment, but just with the new DC, we need to make sure that that, that front line is loaded to still be able to bring pressure without seeing much with our new scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's definitely a solid pickup. And yeah, it, win now. It's a win now situation. Can't yeah. go wrong. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, you go out, you know they got hard grades at the beginning. You already you still got... Armstead, like you said, Bosa. Now you add Chase Young. Don't forget they signed Randy Gregory. Gregory. Man, yeah. um, and again, like you said, it's so that y'all don't got to blitz so much. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all are a rush with four, sit back, and be able to watch the quarterback and get, you feel me, play the quarterback in the zone coverage. You know what I'm saying? Wilkes likes to run a little bit more, man. You have the guys for that, but you don't got to still blitz to do that. You can still mm-hmm. put, maybe now you can run too high. Or you feel me, one high with a with an underneath hook as well, just to you know still put coverage out there and give quarterbacks different looks. So I do like this helps y'all still be able to be multifaceted, but be able to get back to some of that base four man front rush the quarterback with four dominant pass rushers. So yeah, yes, uh, sir. win a win all day. Uh, definitely a win. Uh, before we get into last week's games, um, what would be your the best free agent pickup, not free agent pickup, but best trade so uh, over the weekend. Uh, the team got better with that trade. I mean, if we're looking at just completely just about getting better. Yeah. Uh, my sound biased, but I will go with the Niners. So uh-huh. Just as far as the defense, just bring stepping up another notch. 
Um, so as far as getting better, I'll pick the Niners. Mm-hmm. As far as completing pieces and just overall effect, I would I would go with the Bills. I would go with the Bills. Um, just for the simple fact that they they picked up a corner, a very solid corner, uh-huh. and then you know it wasn't a trade, but they did make a little splash in the free agency as well by picking up a solid. Now they have a they got a three headed monster. You got Latavius Murray, you got uh-huh. uh, you got James Cook, and, and now you got Leonard Fournette. Yep. They all bring a different piece. You got Latavius who brings the the power. You got Leonard that brings the pass blocking and catching, and James the one who can do a little bit of both. Uh-huh. So I I definitely believe that Bills probably won this this year's deadline on the trading. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and one team that you felt should have made a move who didn't. Um, uh, I would say the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the Jets could have made a uh, move. However. They uh reports showed that they tried, but the people that they was reaching out to, the Las Vegas Raiders and um I forgot the other team, but they was definitely trying to go get a, a solid receiver. Um but they just said they wasn't oh Mike Evans. Um oh, yeah, what yeah, yeah. wasn't available, you right. know. So no, yeah, yeah. I think again, I think they should have tried to push somewhere else a little bit just mm-hmm. so again, come next year you have somebody on the side of uh, Wilson to just real life help, you know, put that offense together, give Aaron Rodgers some more targets to throw at. Right, right, right. Um, I'm going to say team that won the trade deadline didn't do a trade at the deadline. Their trade was a little bit before the deadline. The Philadelphia Eagles getting Kevin Byer from us, man. Um, uh, listen, man, that guy's been on our team for the last, what, eight seasons, man. Uh, this is a true... Football savant, smart football player, um, can play man, can play over the top single high, can play zone, can cover backs, tight ends, slots. He literally he could do it all. Um, and he's a smart football player. He's a leader. Um, and uh, I think this makes the Philadelphia Eagles that much better in the secondary. Um, they needed it there. Um, definitely needed help on that back end, and that's an upgrade. Uh, I think he's going to do something. Very special for that secondary, which is going to only help out the pass rush, holding the coverage just a little bit longer. Um, go, They go hand and foot. And then uh, a team that should have made the move, like I said, I ain't going to be biased and pick the Titans. I felt like we should have made a move somewhere. Uh, but I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys, man. Um, I think they maybe either should have addressed getting uh, uh, another running back of some sort. Maybe, you know, it's still free agents out there, so maybe they sign a free agent. But I definitely thought that was something, or they should have got another DB. Deron Bland isn't playing horrible, but I think he's a he he's a hot and cold defensive back. You know, some mm-hmm. days he gonna go off, and then some days he gonna get beat. And um, again, Stephon Gilmore ain't what he used to be. He's still no slouch. You know, he's still in a, a Pro Bowl caliber corner. But I still think they could use one more corner um, to help out. I think the Cowboys should have made a move. Um, again, they got to. They plan they gonna see Bayard on the other end uh, <laughs> as we get ready to switch over, but uh, we gonna see. But I think those would be the the, the guys I thought that should have made something happen. Okay. Uh, and now we are gonna go into last week's games because uh, we gotta break those down. And uh, we are gonna start with y'all. You here? This is what you here for? Man. And uh, again, y'all played the Bengals. I picked y'all to win. Y'all had moments to win, and then you know. The floor is yours, sir. Uh, I knew it was going to be a tough game. Of mm-hmm. course, I had us to win it. Um, come, and I mean, I think 
what we did in the first half, it didn't show up in the second half necessarily either. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason. I feel like, you know, our offense, I mean, straight to the point, losing Trent Williams is a big pivotal uh-huh. piece, especially uh-huh. being on your backside and you have to worry about getting hit from the backside, from your blind side. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and as you see, whoever lines up in the replacement, the, I don't even know the man's name no more, <laughs> but him, the replacement right now for Trent while he's out has been giving up so many sacks in the last few games. And I think that caused a big reason why we're losing. Um, again, um, you got you got McCaffrey not at 100%, uh-huh. but he's he's playing through it. Uh, you have you have Debo out. Um, I think Purdy is still the guy. Purdy had a concussion last week. Not too sure uh, how healthy it was, but no excuse. You, pl- you suited up, so I expect... All in all, he had mm-hmm. some mistakes in the game as well. Mm-hmm. So, playing a team that is a Super Bowl contender, right? You cannot have those mistakes that we had um, to, you know, and think expect to win in the game. And we've been playing, we've been showing so many mistakes uh, later in the game that it's been hard to recover in the last three games that I've seen. So, I'd love to see us get that uh, corrected. Um, in the off season and oh oh one other thing I'm not in the off season I'm sorry but in the bye week uh, but I think one of the biggest things is going back to our defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes I mean he's a defensive minded coach defensive back minded coach uh, however we've always been strong in our front in our front seven so to to have have a different defensive coordinator from our previous two. Shala having having a having a linebacker mindset. D'Amico Ryan's having a, a linebacker mindset. They thought blitzing. They thought putting pressure on the quarterback. And as you see, our our defense as far as pressure on the quarterback mm-hmm. looks completely different out of the last probably three to four years that we've been having this run. Um, so I think this is his wake up call. I mm-hmm. think this bye week us getting Chase Young is like the last. Basically, like his last chance of coming from Shanahan and uh, Lynch to say, hey, get it together. We're bringing in an additional piece or we're going to have to move off of you because we're in a win now situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we bring a top tier talent on pass rush. And I think this right here uh, would definitely help. But I think, um, you know, mistake. We just played mistake football and any anybody can win in that. So. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, mistake-free football. Uh, I definitely agree with a lot of things you said. Um, again, I thought the game with the Bengals, like you said, it was just mistakes. I agree that Trent Williams and Debo Samuels, because even though Ayuk is a one, Debo still is a coverage puller, and mm-hmm. you still respect him, and you can put him in different places to make the defense have to adjust I and line up differently. Yes, I would definitely add on to exactly what you're saying because I was gonna, I missed this point that. It's all Debo is also a difference maker in play calling Shanahan, which I feel like that's his downfall as mm-hmm. well. He doesn't open up the playbook as much mm-hmm. when certain pieces ain't is not around. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, you know, coaches automatically feel like, oh man, I can't do it because mm-hmm. he's not here. Again, you gotta have multiple multifaceted players to do multiple things. But um, I definitely think you can see, like you said, the loss of two all pro players like that's what all pro players are there for you know to fill those voice you know so no i definitely think it's something to work on but again bye we couldn't have came at a better time Shoot. for sure 
Um, everybody gets healthy, get right. Debo says he's ready to go. He'll be back. Um, but on the other side of that, the Bengals are on a nice little run right now, trying to get back into the division. The Browns without Deshaun Watson is tough right now. Um, I think he needs to get back to help them. This division is wide open for anybody. Obviously, Lamar and them kind of looking like the front runners. But uh, again, this it's anybody's game. You feel me? Lamar and them lost to the Steelers. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying. So anything is possible right now in that division. So I definitely think the Bengals are trying to click it at the right time. It's yes. not too late to still pull something out. Um, and uh, again, Joe Burrow's looking a lot more healthy. He made some some plays out there on on his side of the field. So uh, I think they're a good football team, and they're in a the perfect spot. Now, from a team that's a perfect spot to another team that's trying to figure out what's next, man. Uh, the Raiders played on Monday night, and it was it was ugly. The highlight was Marcus Peters' pick six, man. That was <laughs> that was the highlight of the Raiders' uh, Monday night game. It was bad. A lot of missed throws, a lot of miscues. Um, and as we've seen, in the middle of the night, <sighs> real, real late. I was up. Mark, I was up too. Mark Davis, uh, I had to, I tweeted about it. Uh, and Mark Davis in the middle of the night came through and shut it all down. Uh, fired Josh McDaniels, David Ziegler, the GM, the offensive coordinator, uh, the water boy. He fired a lot of people uh, after this loss. Didn't make any moves, but this technically counts as a move. Um, they replaced, they let Antonio Pierce, the linebackers coach, will be the interim head coach. Shout out to him if y'all, you know, know anything about football. They really watched it, played for the Washington, then Washington Redskins, now Washington Commanders, and the Giants won the Super Bowl with the Giants as well. Um, was the defensive coordinator at Arizona State when Herm, when Herm Edwards was there. Um, coached high school ball for the last few years before he got on with the Raiders uh, this past season. So, uh, shout out to Antonio Pierce for this opportunity. We're literally seeing guys we've seen play from yep. their rookie years to retirement become coaches now and it's it's dope to see you know yes, sir. so shout out to him for that but how do you feel about everything going on and, and what's next for the Raiders uh, as far as the Raiders uh, well let me just start off by saying uh, I never thought uh, the Patriots way would work in, in silver and black mm-hmm. uh, it's just that's it's like somebody doing you wrong and then you taking them back after. It's just the damage is there. So I definitely didn't like him coming in. Uh, I think it was a great move to move off of him right now before more damage has uh-huh. been caused in yeah. the organization. Yeah. I mean, I haven't. What's very disappointing is that I, I listen to these sports shows in the morning and stuff like that, and they have not put out the real reason why I feel like he was let go. He was cleaning house. He was fixing something that was not broken. When, if you look two years ago, they made the playoffs. They missed the playoffs once he came into into the organization. Mm-hmm. Then you take away the quarterback, which is probably the only reason why Devontae came. They at least allow them, a, give them a two years to get that chemistry back together. Mm-hmm. Because I think that would have been something nice this year had, had we seen it. Um... And then you also let go of Darren Wally. I get it, injury prone. But once again, they made the playoff two years ago. So they was a step away from getting back to that situation. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, I think he was cleaning house. He was, he was basically putting his team in a rebuild situation when it didn't need to be. You have a solid defense uh, led by Max Crosby. And now you got Marcus Peters to help the secondary. I, I just feel like they was... Uh, 
everybody, the Patriot, well, Josh McDaniels wanted it his way, which is the Patriot way, and it just wasn't a good look. So I think it was a great move. Yeah. I also think this might be Josh McDaniels' last chance to be a head coach, too. I think he's going to be a permanent OC now. Um, You had two stints, and you didn't make it through the second year in either stint. Broncos fired him around this time Mm -hmm. in his second year. The Raiders doing the same thing. The writing's on the wall, you know. Um, Fool me once, shame on on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So Raiders seen it, and like he said, uh, Mark Davis came out and said, I felt like we were going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And he was 100% right. And um, that's what happens when you're going in the wrong direction. And the GM is okay in all of this. So, yeah, you're the culprit, too. Yeah. I put you in this position to make sure we don't make stupid things happen. And you let everything this man wanted happen, and nothing got better. So you are accounted for as well. Um, Don't know who they're going to go after as GM. That That's something different. But I do think they should go with a defensive-minded head coach. And then get them off a great, a young, good offensive coordinator and draft one of these quarterbacks and uh, go at it. I mean, obviously, they, they already benched Jimmy for the rest of the year. They're going to let the rookie Aiden O'Connell spin. Hey, if he ends up being good, it's just one less thing you got to worry about in the offseason. But if not, you get you in good position to draft a young quarterback. Not sure how Devontae Adams will feel about that. That's a story we'll get to mm-hmm. when it comes. But, you know, they got they got options now. I think for the rest, uh, for the rest of this season, I think... Uh, Connor's going to look like a Kirk Cousin with potential uh, because he's probably going to feed Devontae a whole lot more than he's been seeing, which in return can make him look like a better quarterback mm-hmm. than what he's actually delivering. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he's a he's a rookie, so therefore if that he grows off of that, mm-hmm. then that's all for him. Um, that's why I gave the Kirk Cousins um, um, as far as comparison because – Kirk Cousin is good, mm-hmm. but he's not he's not in that top tier level. But you'll you'll take him any day over a lot of quarterbacks that we've seen. So mm-hmm. um I definitely believe that um he had this is his this is his position to lose at the end of the day. Right. Um so and I think Devontae as far as him staying as a Raider, I think that was that's gonna take a lot. especially when you know for a fact that the Jets is looking for you. Uh, and you mm-hmm. got your old your old quarterback over there, mm-hmm. and that's just a that's a win now team with that with, on paper. Like they look pretty solid. So again, he might like the situation, but I think Devontae wants a Super Bowl ring. For he sure. needs to put that on the resume. So, uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, I definitely think they got some moves to to make, and uh, we shall see. Again, they they started. <laughs> they're moving in the right direction. You got rid of respectfully the problem, man, and I. Had a little faith in McDaniel's, but yeah, at this some of the moves he made, things he was doing, definitely you just showed your showed your true colors, man. And you you just the OC focus on calling plays, and they gonna bring the players in. You just call the plays, <laughs> but you can't pick players. Yeah, so no, and that's just another uh, coach under the Belichick tree that sucks. It's a yeah. good eight nine of them out there, and I don't think any of them are over five hundred. Um, but yeah. Yes, sir. No, no, no. That's that's one. That's a uh, that's a toughie. But uh, yeah, they're going to a rookie quarterback. Ain't no Connell. Uh, good luck to you, young man. I think you uh, wish you success, dog. You already know. So uh, definitely try to make something happen. It's your chance. You only get one chance like this, dog. You're a six round pick. Here you go. Uh, don't leave no stone unturned, young man. Yes, sir. Because this show, this show, one chance. <laughs> and uh, from one rookie quarterback to another, uh, we finally started Will Levis. I've been asking for either Will Levis or Malik Willis. I ain't even going to front. Um, but I definitely wanted to see Will 
Um, when Malik got in last week before the bye week, I mean, yeah, when he got in before the bye, I definitely was like, yeah, nah, he still looks timid, doesn't want to push the ball down the field. And as soon as Will Levis getting the goddamn game, he's pushing the ball downfield. And again, we're going to see a lot of single coverage. So you're going to have to throw tight window throws. You're going to have to throw up some one-on-one shots to players that we're paying to go do this. Yes, we brought in D-Hop to win one-on-one coverage. He's been winning one-on-one coverage his whole career. Teams doubled and tripled him. And he get here and get guarded in one-on-one coverage. And I'm like, but that's a quarterback problem. You got to throw the ball to that man. But again, I was saying the last two, three weeks... Tannehill arm just looked like it finally went out. Like he couldn't throw it. It it, it looked flat. A lot of his interceptions were underthrown. They were undercutting the ball. wasn't enough lift on it. And Will gets in there and uh, 19 for 29, 238 yards and four touchdowns later, man. Uh, he's looking like the guy. And again, it's one game, so it's a small sample size. But again, Atlanta was a number 10 defense in the league, so it's not like we was he was out there against some scrubs against a very good defense. Um, but he played well. Um, even on some of his short throws, the slant to D-Hop was a little behind. But as D-Hop, we pay you to do spectacular things. He goes back, catches it, both hands, and, and, and puts it in the end zone. So um, I like what I've seen. But outside of that, what I've been saying since before Will Levis was in the game, we are 3-0 and this year when Derrick Henry gets 20 carries. <laughs> we got three wins, y'all. We 3-4. and four. And we are 3-0 and when Derrick Henry gets 20 carries, bro. This ain't a Will Levis thing. This ain't a Tannehill thing. This is a Derrick Henry thing, bro. And I'm happy we didn't move him. Um, And I think what Will Levis did uh, made that happen. Yeah. So I'm definitely excited for that. So I'm not complaining. But, um, yeah, Will Levis showed promise. Um, threw the ball well. Um, three, Like I said, gave D-Hop hope. Made D Hop feel good, so I'm excited for what we got. And um uh we gotta we uh we got something to build on. We got a tough one coming up this week and we're gonna get straight into that. We got the Steelers tonight, Thursday night, five fifteen kickoff on Amazon Prime. Um and again the Steelers get uh Cameron Hayward back, so that's gonna be um a plus for them helping the interior. But again, yeah. keep the main thing, the main thing. Twenty carries for Derrick Henry. It's usually a recipe for success, bro. If, <laughs> if we give him 20 carries, we're in the game late, and then after that, it's just one or two plays change the game, you know? Um, but uh, Kenny Pickett's going to play. Uh, Bruise ribs. Uh, he says it hurts a little bit when he torques too hard, but, you know, we got a very good front. Top 10 in pass rush, win weight, top 10 in the run. So um, I definitely think we're going to make it tough. Uh, they got some good receivers. Again, y'all know I'm not sold on our secondary, and we just traded our best. Defensive back. So, you know, I'm still in, in George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Those are some really good wide receivers. Um, So I am a little nervous on the back end because George Pickens really looked like he could become a problem if he gets consistent. I told you he's going to either be Randy Moss or Brandon Lloyd. Uh, and uh, he's shown flashes of both. So I'm hoping we get the lesser tonight. But uh, I think we got a chance to go on the road and get a win. Even though... Uh, rookies are zero and five against the Steelers on primetime games. Not gonna look up stuff like this to see. Uh, you feel me? Our chances, because um, I do believe some things like that do mean a lot. Because hey, prime time is prime time, bro. You know, it's extra cameras at the game. It's extra oh, yeah. light and like it's I- extra everything at the game, and you can feel that. So hopefully, Will with his confidence, and it's not like a cocky confidence, but it's just he knows who he is and he's confidence in the work he puts in. Um, you know, he can stay cool under pressure because I think this is going to be a good one. T.J. Watts coming in, eight and a half sacks, 
third in the league. Um, it's going to be a doozy. But uh, I think the Titans go on the road and get a win on Thursday night. I think Tennessee will come out with this W. Um, and that's on contention of uh, that defense not getting after the ball a lot, mm-hmm. making turnovers. Uh, so, and that's what Pittsburgh specializes in. Mm-hmm. However, you guys in return can stop the run game that they barely have. Um, yeah. And then you're dealing with a, a quarterback that's injured, so expect short throws. I think this plays right into why you guys will win this game, come out with the victory. Um, so I definitely see y'all taking this one. Yeah, no, I definitely like our chances again. It's gonna be, it's gonna definitely be a a, a good one. Um, but before we got it here, we are gonna get the picks going for the week. Got to get your picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll start bright and early. Where are we gonna start? Oh yeah, we got uh, Kansas yeah, Kansas City, Miami over there in uh Germany. Want to make sure I get the right one. I don't know exactly which one, but they are gonna be in Germany. Yep, seven thirty, Frankfurt, Germany. Bright and early, seven thirty a.m. kickoff. Um. I'm taking the Dolphins, man. Um, I think this is gonna be a doozy, but I think the Dolphins go ahead and get one on, get a big one, um, and uh, put themselves in position to get that bye and have everything come through Miami. Nice warm, nice warm playoff run. Um, will be something Miami would like, and uh, it goes with winning games like this. I think this will be a big game. Uh, I think the Chiefs also are a team that should have addressed the wide receiver issue. Yep. Um, bringing in Nicole Hartman, y'all let him go because. He can't play wide receiver. Y'all brought him back, and what y'all brought him back to do, he goes and does bad at it and fumbles, a, muffs a punt um, in the Bronco game. That cost y'all to drive and get, put y'all down. So um, I do think they need another receiver. Um, but Because yeah. uh, it's Kelsey or Bush right now, and Kadarius Tony didn't take the step they we thought. Um, Valdez Gantlin is, is a one-trick pony, deep crossing routes. And uh, yeah, Sky Moore, like nobody's ready to take that step. So... Uh, I think it's going to be a tough one. I'm uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins on this one. I think that high-power offense uh be able to move the ball up and down on on that defense. Uh, although that defense has been playing solid, but, I mean, Miami just got Jalen Ramsey back, and you see his impact on the game instantly as he came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, and as far as the mistakes that these receivers have been making, drop balls. So, I expect a couple of turnovers from Kansas City, and they come out with the W. Yeah, I mean Miami come out with the W. So right, right. Yep, yep. Um, we got Bears Saints. Bears two and six. Saints four and four. Saints at home. Uh, uh, Tyson Bajent starting again, getting this second career start. Third game he gonna play in. Um, I got the Saints at home. Uh, they look good. Still in, got a chance in that division. Mm-hmm. Still wide open. I picked them to win the division. Them are the Falcons, and they're still the front runners right over there. Uh, I like the Saints at home, defensive front, get after a young quarterback, a couple mistakes like you had in the last game, and uh, Saints go up and go get over 500. Yeah, I, I definitely believe uh, Saints are coming out with this one. Uh, I, I think that uh, I think Derek Carr and that offense is going to take off in this game. I don't think it's going to be a close one, so I choose New Orleans. Okay, okay. Uh, Buccaneers 3-4 and four, traveling to Houston to take on the 3-4 and four Texans. Mm. Who you got? Oh, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to you first because you know D'Amico. I know how I go. That's your yeah, boy. Uh, I, I'm actually, I'll take D'Amico and Houston on this one uh, because they're playing solid football all mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. So because they're playing solid football led by a, a first-time head coach, uh, D'Amico Ryans, who is a, you know, he comes from that organization. They're playing in Houston. I think it's just a perfect setup for them. 
Tampa Bay has their their moments, but again, that offense, I don't think that offense is going to be able to uh, do a lot against Houston's defense, which will create the uh, the W for Houston. So I'll take them. Man, uh, you know I'm taking the Buccaneers. Y'all know I ain't taking nobody in the AFC South, <laughs> but I do like this year. But as the analysts in me, the, this Houston team is good. Uh, CJ Stroud is playing like a top two overall pick. I think he's got nine touchdowns, one interception, which is some of the best touchdown interception ratio in the NFL right now. He's playing extremely well. D'Amico Ryan um, shows that he's a great defensive coordinator. He has his defense playing enthusiastic and really, really young um, and, and very, very raw. And uh, you see it in some of the plays they make. And uh, he's coaching them up really, really well. And, um, yeah, no, nah, but I'm taking the Bucks on the road, man, to get a win. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, next, we got Cardinals 1-7 and seven, traveling to Cleveland to take on the 4-3 and three Browns. Um, Deshaun Watson has practiced this week. Uh, he could play. He could not play. It's a game-time decision. He's questionable right now. So, with that being said, I'm still going to take the Browns at home, that defense. They, the uh, Cardinals are about to start Clayton Toon, the rookie. Sixth-round pick, fifth-round pick out of Houston. Um, I think he's... He's not ready to see Miles Garrett and Darius Smith and the boys coming at him like they're finna come at him in waves. Uh, he probably will have some flashes, but just like uh, just like uh, Aiden O'Connell, Clayton Toon, you got you about three games before Kyler Murray come back. Mm-hmm. Make it the best three games of your life, man. Maybe two games, depending yeah. on how how ready Kyler is. But make them the best games you can. Put some good uh, throws on tape. And earn yourself a chance somewhere in the future, dog. Yeah, taking Cleveland on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona, uh, dome playing team. And you're going to Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, in that cold. Uh, I'm definitely taking Cleveland on this. I think they're going to run over that defense. So, okay. got it. Next, we got Commanders, 3-5, and five, traveling to New England, take on the 2-6 Patriots. Um, I'm going to take the Commanders on the road, man. Uh, they looked really good in that game versus Philly. Maybe they could have just got up because that was a division game. But if that commander team shows up, they they could they could give the Patriots some problems because the Patriots are not scoring 30 points. So I'm going to take the commanders on the road. I've gone against you on this one. I'm mm-hmm. going to take New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, again, Belichick, he knows how to scheme up some stuff. And as you said, Washington is a team that, Honestly, this year, you had to pay attention to them on the schedule. It wasn't, you can't just mark a W. They'll sneak and win something on you. So, uh, I think this is that game where Mac Jones will will definitely have a solid performance. Um, and I, I definitely believe that as well. Also, with Kendrick Bourne on, on uh, injured reserve, uh-huh. they have to do something about their offense, like change up what you lose in one of your top receivers. So, um, again... I think it's just one of those better coaching type of games. I'll take a New England on it. Okay, okay. Next, we got uh, three and five Rams traveling to Green Bay to take on the two and five Packers. Uh, Mike Gutekunst, Packers GM, just came on and said he ain't sold on Jordan Love. These going to be the toughest 10 games of his career. So, basically telling them I'm going to judge you on these next 10 games, which I think kind of sucks. But, hey, man, it's it's a business. And they, they, they're a team of quick results and quick mm-hmm. turnaround. So, hey. It's on him, and this is one of them games that y'all not winning, bro. They just don't look well. They got to run the ball. The three wins they got, I mean, the two wins they got, Aaron Jones was healthy first two games of the season, They, but Aaron Jones hasn't been healthy since then, and it's just rough. Uh, A.J. Dillon has not looked good over there in that offense. Um, the receivers are young, and it shows, and it shows how good Aaron Rodgers was because Romeo Dobbs doesn't look as good as he looked in his rookie years. He looks now, and neither does – 
Christian Watson, and you can say it's because of the quarterback, but if you watch, they're not getting as open as they were. You know what I'm saying? Because Aaron Rodgers can, you know, do some dangerous things with that football. Yes. You know, so uh, I'm going to take the Rams on the road. Man. This one, uh, because Rams been playing, they've been up and down this season. Oh, yes, sir. So, uh, I think I'm I'm choosing the Rams just solely based on the defense led by Aaron Donald, and mm-hmm. I think Aaron Donald will play probably lights out in this game. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Aaron Donalds, and again, I think the chemistry right now in Green Bay that locker room is shaking up with the comments that did come out this week. So mm-hmm. I am picking the Rams. No, definitely, definitely. Um, another one of them good games. Seattle five and two traveling to Baltimore to take on the six and two Baltimore Ravens. This shall be a doozy. Um, physical football game we about to see. Real, real physical. Real, real physical. I'm taking Baltimore. I said it during the Detroit game. Lamar Jackson is 16-1 and against NFC opponents in his career. And it's because they don't get the scheme for him. They don't practice for him. They don't get to get enough mm-hmm. reps against him. It's just, oh, we play him, okay. It's this week we're going to prepare. It's not enough time to prepare for a guy that's dangerous. You really need time yep. to figure this guy out and he's only getting better his offense is looking like they're catching a stride now um it you know and it takes a little it takes time it's a new oc it's his first year there and they're getting they're coming into a new system and it's starting to click you see zay flowers getting catches andrews obj uh bateman um yeah i, I like baltimore baltimore at home and lamar keeps the streak alive you just need more time but the seahawks do have the athletes and the the front to make this game interesting. Like, well, yeah, I I I agree with you. I'm taking Baltimore on this one. I mean, it it that's exactly who I want to win. Seattle. I know. <laughs> right, know, right. For, this, for for the rest of the season, I don't care if they don't win at all anymore. However, just looking at the matchup, just the matchup, Baltimore. I feel like has better firepower on that offense, mm-hmm. and I think it's a little bit too much. For that defense, especially when you're dealing with a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, and a running quarterback that can actually throw on the run. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm choosing Baltimore on this one. And I think this is going to be surprising. I don't think it's going to be close either. Whew. Okay, that's a big There's one. There it is. <laughs> uh, next game, 4-4 uh, Vikings travel to Atlanta to take on the 4-4 four four Falcons. Um. I'm taking the Falcons uh, at home. Again, Kirk Cousins plays. Maybe this is a different scenario. They're about to go in here with either Jaron Hall, the fifth-round rookie out of BYU, or Josh Dobb, who just got there three to four days ago. Mm. Uh, I think that's a tough situation either way. Already without a running game and still no Justin Jefferson, um, I think it's a hard, hard, hard game to to go and get a win on the road with uh, so many uh, – Flaws right now, and so many holes in the team. Um, defense is gonna play well, like they've been playing all year. Uh, but I think Atlanta gets a win and goes over five hundred, and uh, them in uh, New Orleans are in a race for first place at the NFC South. Taking Atlanta, uh, mm-hmm. I think Atlanta uh, is playing pretty solid on the offense side of the ball. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, like you stated, with the QB issue uh, with in Minnesota, I don't think they can actually keep up with uh, with just Atlanta's offense right now, so Atlanta. Okay. Uh, next, we got the three and five coach traveling to Carolina to take on the one and six Panthers. These are the two o'clock games now. Hmm. Uh, man, I want the Panthers to win. 
Uh, but Gardner Minshew is like the best backup quarterback in the league, and uh, he plays really, really well. So um, this is going to definitely be a hard game for the Panthers to win, especially when they can't score points. And the Colts are the only team in the NFL has that has scored more than 20 points in every game this season. Mm-hmm. Every game. We are eight games in, y'all, and they've scored over 20 points every game. Only team to do that so far. Uh, I think they do it again. But Panthers proved me wrong and get a win, but I'm taking the Colts. <laughs> and I, but I'm rooting for the Panthers all day. All day. I think Carolina came off a W last week, but mm-hmm. I think they'll go back on that losing streak. So Indianapolis on this one. I think Jonathan Taylor will take off um, against this defense. And then, of course, the Gardner Minshew should be able to top it off on, on that. So I'm taking mm-hmm. Indianapolis. Okay. 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 Here's saying Here's another Nice one. Uh the two and six Giants traveling to Vegas to take on the three and five Raiders, man. Uh we do know the Giants are gonna blitz and they're gonna blitz heavy. Um can the rookie handle that pressure and get the ball to his playmakers? We shall see. I'm gonna take the Raiders at home, man, shaking things up, getting the new regime in there, turning a new leaf. I think Devontae gonna play free for at least the first two games. This should be fun, man. I'm taking the Raiders at home. Yeah, I was I'm taking the Raiders off the same point that you just called out. I think Devontae is going to be able to play freely, and mm. that's where he's best at. So, with the quarterback who just say, hey, I need you, <laughs> I think that Vegas takes this uh, um, with just all the change-up and being able to be themselves. And, yeah. Yep, yeah. Uh, and then um, the other big game, 225 kickoff. 5-2 mm-hmm. Cowboys traveling to Philly, take on the 7-1 and one Eagles. I think this should have been a prime time game, but you know it's still time to get flexed. <laughs> it's still time to get flexed, but um, no, definitely. But the game that's a Sunday night is is still a good game too. But go ahead, who you got? I'm actually taking Dallas in this one. Um, one, I would like to see Dallas win this, just when it comes down to Philadelphia being the number one team in the NFC and overall just in the NFL. Uh, giving them that another L is conditioning them to at least have a three. Three L's up in there, so, um, but yeah, I'm taking Dallas. I think uh, offense and defense, they're overall better on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and as you see how I'm talking right now, I don't have a lot of hopes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, if Dak uses his feet, mm-hmm. they will win the game. I think that defense can play they the defense plays strong enough and fast enough that they're going to give blues to philadelphia because philadelphia office has not they haven't been playing consistent this whole year mm-hmm. and they they've been showing they're a second half team so if they can get a great start in the beginning in the first half of the game i think we see them winning uh winning this game dallas winning this yeah, and uh, you're not alone on this. I picked Dallas to win this game, too. Um, I think Dallas needs this win, even though they're on the road. I think they do have the requisite pieces to go, and I think Dak legs are a key to them just getting further. He doesn't run enough. He's a very athletic quarterback. He's good from the pocket, though, but I think that them, yeah, you get her running, it change everything, but he got to get back to that because those are those back-breaking plays on them third and fives, yeah. them third and six that teams don't account for no more, that you get back into it, and uh, it, it just makes for it. I think this is one of those games going to have to because their back end is going to play well. Kevin Bayard will be playing uh, to, on Sunday, so on the, the second day will be better 
but uh, I think it's going to be a lot of man coverage, a lot of back to deck. Mm-hmm. And you got to back to deck. You need to attack. I guess I'm going to roll that all the <laughs> way out there like that. And we both taking the Cowboys on to get a big win. Um, and then we got the Sunday night game. Uh, Bills 5-3 and three, taking on the 4-3 Bengals in Cincinnati. Shall be a doozy. Uh, go ahead. Who you got? I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, okay. Just seeing how they've been playing this year. And on top of that, uh, more in, in perspective of their offense. Mm-hmm. They've been playing well this year. So, uh, I think minus one game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm giving it to Buffalo. I think the Stephon Diggs and, and um, what's my guy's name? <laughs> uh, Deron Bland? No, 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 no. Uh, Offense. Oh, oh, Josh oh, Allen. Josh, oh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah, so they've been connecting pretty well. Um, again, um, you know, they got solid pieces around. They mm-hmm. just put it Leonard Fournette in. So mm-hmm. I think that's another thing to kind of uh, deal with. Uh, Cincinnati offense. I mean, we just played them and being able to see how they played the year there. They beat you one way. You, I mean, you give it, you give it to, you give it to, um, um, Gosh, I'm messing up. Chase. Yeah, Chase. (laughs) You give it to Chase, um, mixing to get the first down, short yardage situation, and then Joe Burrow makes something happen with his feet from time to time. Uh, I think that that defense on Buffalo can definitely stop that. I don't think think that Cincinnati has enough weapons on offense to beat this. Now, if this is just one of those Joe Burrow magical games, um, then I'm wrong, but I'm definitely loving Buffalo in this one. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close one as well. I, I'm taking uh, Cincinnati at home, mm-hmm. and strictly because I think they're going to be at home, they're going to have a crowd behind them coming off a big win over us, a Niner team. Uh, I do think Joe Burrow looks healthy, but I do think this will be the battle of the defenses. I think whichever defense can contain the quarterback better. You're not going to necessarily stop one of these guys when they're rolling, but if you can have them, you know, miss a throw or two on some key downs, get take away an extra driver to an extra first down, uh, I think that's going to be the key. Um, I like Luana Rumo as a defensive coordinator. I think he's going to be somebody head coach next year because uh, he's out there with a team full of mid. I'm talking about the Cincinnati defense. <laughs> yeah. You probably can name one player on the team, and they probably had two Pro Bowls combined on that whole team. But, yet they still a top 10 defense in the league. Um, and they make plays when it's time. So I do think – they have a chance to go out here and make a couple plays and get a big win uh, at home. And the AFC North is very, very tight. Very, very tight. Um, last game, Monday night. This game is supposed to be big because Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be playing in it. But the 3-4 and four Chargers traveling to New Jersey slash New York to take on the surprising 4-3 and three Jets, man. Um, I'm going to take the Jets at home. I think this is, and it's just because I don't know what's wrong with the Chargers, man. I don't know. I can't figure it out. Like, they got all the talent on both sides of the ball. I mean, Mike Williams going out hurts, but they drafted the rookie, Quentin Johnston, so I think that helps. He'll catch on shortly. But, man, all the talent in the world on both sides of the ball, and they feel like it just doesn't come together. I don't know what to put my finger on to say what. But I think the Jets at home get a little rally and uh they get a big win and improve to five and three and really continue to give Aaron Rodgers hope that he's gonna come back and play in the playoffs. Um for this one, I'm at, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Chargers on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think given that the pass rush that the Chargers can bring mm-hmm. uh, with having a solid secondary, um I think that 
we'll see a better game out of Justin Herbert again. Mm-hmm. Their their offense have been putting up points. It's just something's just hasn't been clicking mm-hmm. <laughs> overall. Right. But I think the Jets. I think what it is is uh, Zach Wilson's going to have an issue with uh, being in that pocket. They're going to probably keep him in the pocket and then put that pressure on him mm-hmm. and make him make those uh, make those mistakes. Uh, I don't see them getting out of this one unless they run the ball a lot more. So, right, right. <laughs> and Brees Hall is a guy who looks like he's still ready. He looked like he recovered from that knee injury pretty well. Young, yeah, yeah. Get together, young legs, young <laughs> legs bounce back quick. Oh no, man! But uh, it's a great, it's a great slate of games coming this weekend. Um, again, uh, it's gonna be a doozy, man. A couple big time games that I'll be tuned into. Obviously, Will Levis tonight takes the stage. This will be fun. Him and Kenny Pickett going at it. Uh, it should be a fun match to see. I'm excited to see what my Titans do again. The big game overseas, Kansas City. Miami, that's going to be a good one as well, along with a few other games. Um, Anything before we get out of here, Coach? Oh, man. Uh, I think just watch out for some of these teams. Uh, I would say, of course, the Jaguars, uh, give them their respect for on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the Commanders will make, because it's the NFC East, I think they're going to win a few games where it's going to in that division where it's going to shake some things up at the end of the year. So I definitely want to call that out. Tampa Bay is another team that's probably will shake some things up. Yeah. Uh, just because you you can't sleep on them. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Niners all the way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And, and a big time Warrior fan. I talked to Hoop a little bit before you got here, but yeah, big time Warrior fan right here as well. So you guys looking good so far as well. Yes, yes. Uh, who definitely the chemistry? That's all I could call out is the chemistry is there. Everybody looks looks happy. They they having fun out mm-hmm. there. Um, again, I've called it out before the season, and they're doing exactly what I stated. That there's so many teams that you can run with just with the group that we have right now, and not miss a beat. Um, Chris Paul could run point. You guys, Steph could run point. And then you got little role players who come in that helps out. I mean, you could go Chris Paul, uh, Kaminga, Wiggins, Clay, and with Looney. Like, mm-hmm. but and then we got other stars out there that I'm not even calling out there that that can have a um, fresh leg. So mm-hmm. just calling that out. It looks great. The W last night again. I think that was a morale uh, a morale thing for us to beat. Uh, beat the Kings again mm-hmm. minus mm-hmm. Fox. Yeah. However, with with Clay finishing the game out for us with point two left on the clock, I think that right there was good for Clay individually. Yeah. So therefore, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And again, with this new this new play in tournament, which is making players want to play, I think we got we're gonna get the upper hand at the when everything's all said and done. All good, all good. We'll come back next Thursday after another weekend. We are gonna do our picks on uh rookie of the year. Uh, you know, our final selections, r- way too early predictions. It's just a weekend. We're going to do a bunch of predictions on next Thursday. So if you got time, tune in next Thursday. Um, Y'all already know, tune in tomorrow, Friday's episode, Football Friday. I'll be talking college football. We'll talk about the Thursday night game and how my Titans do against the Steelers on the road. And again, Football Friday, talk college football, talk the big games of last weekend and the big games coming up this weekend. Got Michael Penix Jr. versus Caleb Williams. Mm. You got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, potentially for the last time in the same conference. Mm. Hey, man, it's a couple big games coming up, man. Y'all know. So make sure y'all tune in tomorrow. Uh, Coach, do anything before we get out of here? Stay blessed, everybody. Mm. You know, love y'all. 
keep supporting keep supporting man yeah. <laughs> hey thanks for all the support hey i love you guys tell somebody you might not see over the weekend you love them love peace and hair grease love live life in tupac it's the bring the wood podcast myself coach Steele. y'all know we're doing this thing we just brought the wood peace